Let's start this baby before the red wine wears off. soundtrack that always made me want to pick up a guitar and learn how to play that theme song like John Williams did a thousand well I'm not gonna say a thousand but he's done a ton of other great uh, soundtracks he did the themes to great movies like uh, Jurassic Park and Harry Potter and uh, other ones and Jaws and stuff like that but it's always been the Star Wars soundtrack that always gave me my love for classical music made me pick up a guitar and uh, yeah you know try to play a song here and there and stuff like that yeah, whether or not I do a good job or not, it's a di- completely different story. Anyways, here I go, and Star Wars inspires me musically. Love the Scarab Scuttlebutt podcast. Talk to you guys soon. Scarab Control, this is TK226. Come in, Scarab Control. Uh, you think what I'm thinking? Yeah, looks like they're talking Star Wars again. General Veers, prepare your men. How's it going, Star Wars fans? Grab your sunscreen and your blasters. You've tuned into the Scarif Podcast. This is the Scarif Scuttlebutt. Hey, Scuttle Buddies, what is happening? Alex, uh, I know we've been talking about this for a long time, and uh, the moment is here, D23. We've got a lot of things to talk about. How the hell are you, man? I am good. I am back from my uh, extra, extra hard vacation, my vacation that wasn't a vacation. And I'm so excited to talk about all the cool stuff that happened at D23 this past weekend and catch up with you on all of our great uh, Star Wars inspired collaborations from all of our friends online and in the Star Wars community. Hashtag Star Wars inspires. You know, I'm finding out that this topic really uh, it, it spoke to a lot of people. We've got a uh, hell of a lot of uh, contributors, and uh, you know, this time around, uh, obviously, we are recording tonight, uh, Sunday night. As per our recording, you know, I'm thinking that uh, we might have to split this up in uh, two parts. We've got a lot of people. Uh, I just did an interview with the uh, folks at the Star Wars in Class channel, which is uh, really interesting. They use Star Wars and Indiana Jones as, as uh, teaching tools uh, in, in schools, and uh, that's fantastic. Our uh, headline interview, though, um, Dominic Pace, actor, adventurer, and Star Wars fan, with a few surprises uh, up his sleeve, and uh, can't wait to get to that. So uh, what do you think, uh, how do you think Star Wars is faring? We did an episode a while back, Star Wars, is Star Wars dead? I don't think that's the case. What do you think? Uh, No, I'm going to go with it's alive and well uh, for the most part. I think there's a couple things that need to be worked out. There's some exciting news right around the corner that I think is going to really give a nice jolt uh, of positivity to the community. And I can't wait uh, to talk about that with you. 
Definitely. We've got Dave Filoni and uh, John Favreau headlining some projects over there at D23. We've got projects like The Mandalorian. We've got a massive uh, uh, surprise. Well, maybe not a massive surprise because uh, news of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series were kind of, was kind of leaked beforehand. Thank you, Internet. <laughs> but uh, still, the... Uh, the energy was flowing uh, at D23 when uh, that certain Obi-Wan Kenobi walked out on the stage. Did you get a chance to see that web stream? I did. I watched the entire thing. Um, it was fantastic. He looked like, uh, I'm talking about Ewan McGregor, he looked like he was having a blast on stage. Like He was just ex really excited to be there. I felt the energy. We all know that Ewan has been very open and very vocal about returning to the role of Obi-Wan Kenobi, so... I think the passion is there. You know, this isn't just cashing a check. This is him wanting to take on this character. And uh, I'm really looking forward to hearing about who they have as a writing team, who's producing, you know, who the who the hands are, who are going to be sculpting this story. And uh, I'm really hopeful for it. I think it's going to be great. It's a great opportunity. And it's a great, uh, there's a, gr a lot of stories to be told in this segment of time. I know some people are on the fence about that, but uh, me personally, I have all kinds of ideas in my head. Oh, definitely. Uh, there was a rumor that uh, he was going to be the director behind the scenes, and uh, that would be very interesting. I know he cut his teeth with independent film. Uh, I forgot the, there was a movie that uh, was released, released a while ago. That would be very interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, for sure. If I mean, if he can pull it off, more power to him. Definitely. <laughs> Let's get right to it. D23, uh, a lot of announcements, a lot of things for both. Uh, you know, obviously it's a Disney event. We know that uh, Star Wars is part of the Disney family, Lucasfilm, Marvel Comics, uh, all things uh, superheroes. But uh, what was your takeaway? What was the, the most exciting thing that came out of D23 for you? Uh, for me personally, hands down, it's the trailer for The Mandalorian. absolutely stunning the set pieces the style the cinematography with if you remember that scene where he's walking away from his ship and you just kind of get a, a feeling of the city that he's walking into it's it's straight out of every single star wars nerds dreams it, it just comes to life and uh, i really like the aesthetic the it was a much more darker take on star wars which i think is what john favreau said he wanted to do that mad maxian Star Wars era, you know, when, when things were just completely lawless and everybody was in for themselves and dive into a little bit of a darker, darker universe in the Star Wars world. I think it nailed it. And uh, Pablo Pascal, you know, of course, you never get to see his face. However, he has got the walk. I'll give him that. Um, those gunslinging moves that he showed off in that one scene where he was, uh, grappling hooking that guy that was trying to run away from him man when he pulled that gun out it was like a it was like a clint eastwood flashback for me i couldn't believe it it was so great that guy uh doesn't have a chance i think <laughs> uh yeah um so let's break this down really i mean it you're right it's got a gritty feel it's got a western lawlessness feel to it 
there's one great shot uh, towards the beginning where uh, the camera is focused on um, the Mandalorian's uh, gun, and he's got his glove. You see his finger kind of do a double tap on the on the weapon before he pulls uh-huh. it. That is bad. That is badass. <laughs> it was amazing, man. The whole trailer was just everything that I wanted it to be and more. You know what? One of the things that uh, I really enjoy, and and you said it, is you know this show is gonna. It seems like it's gonna be really gritty, and we did get a little bit about uh, st- you know, a little grit in Star Wars from Rogue One. I really really enjoyed it. Uh, we got obviously some grit in Solo for those of us who actually went to go see it, <laughs> and uh, you know the Solo obviously left us. Uh, I guess left me, um, you know, this is a very personal thing, left me wanting more of the underworld, the criminal underworld in Star Wars. It's very fascinating. It introduced uh, a concept that, you know, we really never saw in the films. I saw the Empire and the criminal underworld kind of working together. Um, It's something that is not... I don't think is prevalent in the original trilogy, uh, you know, from uh, the original films. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, it's definitely something that exists. The Mandalorian now, you know, John Favreau says it takes place a couple of years after Return of the Jedi. Darth Vader is dead. The Emperor is gone. And um, this uh, really looks like it's going to shape up to be the next big thing in Star Wars. If you remember the game that was uh, supposed to come out before the Disney uh, buyout uh, was Star Wars 1313, Uh, people were so excited about that game because it dived into this underworld of uh, of the Star Wars universe, which always plays a hand in the uh, episodic movies, but it's never the prevalent piece. You know, the the movies are very much fantasy. They're very much, uh, you know, hero's journey. good versus evil. It's very, it's for the most part, very black and white. That's one of the reasons why they're so timeless. As we, as fans grow older, we start to wonder about, oh, what's Bubba Fett or Ara Singh or, uh, you know, these other bounty hunters, IG-88, like what are these guys doing uh, while they're not being a part of the empire or, or hunting down the main heroes in our movies? And I think this show is really going to, is going to um, satisfy that taste or that, that thirst that we've had for a long time. Definitely, definitely. You know, it's uh, there. There's a Star Wars for every age. There's a Star Wars for every uh, walk of life, and uh, I I think this is going to turn out to be our Star Wars. Uh, us older fans, uh, but you know, I I enjoy every aspect of Star Wars, and I just can't wait for uh, the Mandalorian come November what, eleven or twelve. Was it? Uh, yeah, I think I believe the app launches on the eleventh, and then the show will be available on the twelfth. And I dared I heard a rumor. I I don't know how if it's completely accurate but i heard a rumor that they're gonna actually drop two episodes on the first day like a season uh premiere to an hour long that makes sense uh i think star trek did the same thing they did it over uh, at cbs i think it was a uh kind of like a they treated it almost like a uh, an event movie it was the first two episodes and then uh you know the rest of it was on the uh, cbs access all the you know all access or whatever but uh, yeah, that it makes sense. Uh, obviously, it's it's the gateway drug to Disney Plus, and uh, <laughs> sign me up. That's a perfect way of putting it. Yeah, there's a bu- there's a little bit of controversy out there about 
you know, they're they're putting all this stuff out there to try to make subscribers uh, get on board. And, you know, of course, it's a business. That's what their plan is. The same Netflix and all the other streaming services do the same thing. Um, but I'm all for it. I mean, their price point is way lower than the rest of them. You're looking at $7 a month if you just want Disney Plus. And if you uh, want to bundle it with Hulu and ESPN, it's $13 a month. I mean, that's still cheaper than HBO. Uh, and it's right on par with Netflix. So uh, I can't complain. Uh, there's a ton of content on there that I want to see. Um, and if it holds up to the hype and it's as good as I think it's going to be, I will continue to be a subscriber. And of course, I have a family. I've got two kids and a wife who also love Disney movies and such things. So uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to get away with not buying this service. You know, it seems like uh, streaming services have, uh, you know, have come and uh, taken over people making movies anymore for theaters. Uh, I still love that theater experience, going to get my popcorn and sitting down in the dark. It's fantastic. But, you know, a lot of people have uh, theaters in their homes uh, for the most part. And uh, it's it's still, it's a great experience to sit down and, and, and be taken away to a galaxy far, far away. And uh, we'll be able to do it in our... Uh, living rooms. Yeah, and did you see the interview with John Favreau where I actually talked about that very subject? When they decided that they were going to make Star Wars content for the small screen on the streaming service, there's a new paradigm that's evolving that kind of came out of the BBC format or the pay cable format, which is you can tell a certain number of chapters per season and those could feel like uh, not just episodes of a TV show that are, you know, we have like 22 or 23 of them, but, but more, of a limited, more of a limited run. In our case, we're doing eight this season. And it allows you to, to break up the story into chapters as opposed to trying to tell a complete thought. It was a, it was a fantastic interview. Uh, one of the biggest things that I took away from it, it was actually a quote from him. I was listening to him talk, and he said, uh, uh, Dave Filoni and I, we're really focusing on trying to get the the traditions of Star Wars and to respect that, you know, respect the traditions of Star Wars, I think he said. And I thought that was fantastic. But he mentioned specifically what you were just talking about, about how people's TVs nowadays are like 4K, 80 inch, you know, they're giant TVs. People have theaters in their homes now. And uh, he mentioned that he really wanted to make sure that the Mandalorian felt and looked like a cinematic experience he wasn't going to he wasn't going to aim towards the tv he was going to aim towards the theatrical feeling so no matter where you view it whether it's on that giant tv that you just bought for christmas or if it's uh, at a theater it's going to look just as crisp just as clear it's going to have fantastic uh, visuals and i think like you were talking about how uh, streaming services and series have now kind of stepped up their game a little bit and uh and it's taking a little bit away or not away but it's it's kind of competing now with the cinematic experience so i think that's a really interesting back and forth between uh cinema and stay-at-home series uh definitely the 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 stories i feel are better at uh on a series that you can watch over a course of eight or ten hours versus a two-hour movie but you know there's always something to be said about sitting down and going to an actual theater and having that whole experience of of being there let's all go to the lobby let's all go to the lobby let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat i'm just glad that he has that in mind where he's like you know i know this has got to look yeah top of the line in order to uh to make it as a successful series so 
He's focusing on that. Uh, I trust him as far as writing. Uh, we, he's him and Dave Filoni have given us some of the best Star Wars stuff in the last couple of years uh, with Clone Wars and whatnot, and the Mandalorian story with Obi Wan and Darth Maul and all that stuff. So I'm really, really looking forward to seeing what they have to offer with this story. Amen, brother. Same here. It's uh, one of those things where you're right. Uh, Dave Filoni is responsible for some great characters, some great writing. And uh, a great show that is uh, Clone Wars, and that also is back. I think. Uh, what did I read that that's coming back in February? Or, yes. Um, yes, the seventh, the yeah. seventh and final season will drop in February, I believe. I can't remember the specific date. I want to say it's early February, uh, and we'll be able to watch that, which makes sense uh, because the Mandalorian um, season finale, I think, is going to be around January first, like right at the beginning of the year. And then the next month after that, we'll get the um, the Clone Wars too. So, um, oh, speaking of, did yeah, you excellent. did you want to talk about uh, the the weekly drop instead of the binge drop? Did you want to discuss that or no? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, uh, we were having a little discussion online on Twitter about that, and uh, you know, you had posed the fact that uh, you were, uh, I mean, not against um, binging, but uh, you thought uh, weekly was better. And uh, I did, too. I mean, I think secretly, you know, I definitely enjoy a nice binge because you can get it all at once. But you are so right. I think a lot of people are excited about week to week. It gives uh, everybody content to be able to talk about it, uh, examine it, take it, pick it apart and really uh, dive deep into the lore of what these shows are going to be about. Uh, so it's yeah, it's fantastic is uh uh, what what are your feelings on that? Um, I'm 100% for uh, the weekly drop. Uh, although I do enjoy the easiness of being able to jump into a series on Netflix when they drop the entire season on one day. Um, for I'm the one I'm the type of person that won't stop watching until the show's over. So, uh, for instance, Stranger Things season three, I think I watched that in two days, maybe maybe three. Wow. I just I kept wa- yeah. I kept watching and watching and watching until I was done, uh, and that's great and that's a great um, thing to have available to you uh, for people who have like really busy schedules and you know they might not be able to to manage watching a show every single week. But um, I'm more pro weekly for one reason and one reason only. I think it delivers a better fan experience as far as people. All being on the same page, which with each episode we can discuss, we can theorize. You don't have to worry about spoilers so much. It kind of it really opens up the conversation for, hey, did you see the newest episode? Oh yes, I did. Oh great. Let's talk about this. What do you think is gonna happen next week? It has, you know, it gives you five to six days where you can discuss among your friends. It I just I feel like it builds a bigger community. Um when it lets the show breathe a little bit. And uh, I think it gets people more excited. Uh, like you look at something like Game of Thrones. I mean, that was a phenomenon uh, when it came to the fan reaction. It spawned uh, YouTube channels and TV shows, and it spawned uh, you know, pubs in London were named after uh, Game of Thrones and all that stuff. And I, I really do attribute that more to the fact that people can discuss it among themselves each week after it drops. Um, I think that it's just a fantastic way to build. Um, a real solid fan base around the product that you're trying to sell or that show or story that you're trying to tell. I'm all for it. Yeah, I agree. And I'm looking, yeah. I'm looking forward to us uh, doing the same thing when this thing comes out. I want to talk about it. I want to have uh, discussions on Twitter with our friends in the Star Wars um, universe about 
uh, what the show is going to do, um, you know, the storyline that it's presenting. I think it's going to be a great time. I'm re- I really am excited for this. This is going to be fantastic. I know. I, I can hear it in your voice, man. <laughs> So I want to say a big thank you to a lot of our contributors. Uh, you know, uh, I just got some new stickers, uh, Scarif Podcast stickers. Were you able to take a look at those? Yeah, man, those things are freaking awesome. I wish I had your talent for making stuff like that because those are some <laughs> beautiful stickers. <laughs> oh, thank you, man. Thank you. So, uh, you know, a couple of people have asked for some stickers. We got uh, Shannon Smith. Your stickers are in the mail. Uh, Roger Larson, we got uh, Drunk 3PO, Ben Crosby, a whole slew of other people uh, that uh, asked for uh, our new design. And, uh, dude, we were helping out uh, one of our uh, fellow listeners slash podcaster, uh, Imperial Scum. He was on his road to 700. Uh, We let him borrow our uh, hashtag road to 700 graphic. He's been using it uh, on a regular basis. Let me check his uh, account because I think uh, when last time I checked earlier today, he was at 698. Ooh, he's almost Let's there. check this out. He is almost there. Uh, we're always happy to help out a fe- fellow uh, podcaster and listener. Uh, yeah, he's at 698 right now wow. as of uh, 10 p.m. Chicago time Sunday night. And uh, I hope he reaches uh, his goal. Uh, he definitely will because, uh, he's a great guy. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, related to that, uh, our new banner, our team Scarif banner. Did you see, I I put that up there with, uh, Ashley's drawing. I did. It looks fantastic. And I appreciate Ashley doing the art. I checked out her Instagram. If if you want to look at the rest of the stuff that she does, does, uh, it's up there on Instagram. Do you have her Instagram? I think it's Ashley. Here, let me, yeah, Ashley. Oh, what is her last name? Well, her her Twitter is Miss Ashley NG. And uh, on Instagram, she's got two accounts, Ashley Gregorio. And I think her art is Ashley Gregorio underscore art. Yeah. So uh, if you guys are listening to this podcast, uh, take, uh, take a look at some of our posts regarding uh, that uh, wonderful drawing that Ashley made. And um, we'll have uh, all the information uh, to see a lot of her work because it's really it's really awesome. Yeah. And uh, Ashley and Imperial Scum, thank you guys for that. It's yeah. fantastic. Yes, very talented. I appreciate her making uh, making me look good in that Imperial uniform. That was pretty cool. Uh, it's a great banner, <laughs> and uh, I can't wait to to collaborate with her more. Maybe we can get some other things going on. That'd be great. And speaking of collaborators, uh, like I said, we've got a lot of uh, clips to play. We've had a lot of interest in our hashtag Star Wars Inspires topic. And uh, truly, Star Wars does inspire. I was uh, talking to some buddies uh, about this episode. And, you know, for those of you who know me here in Chicago, you know that Star Wars was the springboard to my career, the inspiration to 
you know, what I became and what I am uh, because of the behind the scenes people that uh, were uh, responsible for creating this universe really out of nothing. I know I sound like a broken record. I've, I, I feel like I've said <laughs> this, you know, story for a, a long time. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's true. So I, you know, real quickly, I want to mention, I want to thank Jeff from the blue milk cafe podcast, Michelle. Oh, uh, Michelle's got a brand new podcast. And if you guys, uh, please check her out, it's called Fulcrum's broadcast. Michelle, uh, was able to send a, an audio clip. We'll take a, a listen to her, uh, inspirational story and, and how star Wars gets her through the day. Uh, we also have Todd from WSTR Media Galactic Public Access. Thank you very much, Todd, and the guys over at WSTR. Sean from the C-Tech Talk, the last podcast, a Star Wars solo adventure. Thank you very much. We'll uh, hear what he has to say. And um, Jedi Caligula, Amanda from Florida, uh, you know, just coming back from my vacation I was in Florida. I wanted to, uh, I reached out to her and to uh, um, David Triana over from Followers of the Force. Wanted to see if I can get together with them. Uh, it just didn't happen. We didn't um, meet, but it would have been fantastic. Uh, Amanda uh, and David Triana, next time I'm in Florida for sure. Then uh, again, I was mentioning that we have a lot of listeners from the UK. So Paul Meadows, he's an editor out in the UK. He's uh, edits uh, d- uh, broadcast. Uh, documentaries. So that's really cool. He talks about his inspiration and how Star Wars inspires him. I think we have a, a very similar story. And uh, the recording uh, that I um, recorded, the interview that I recorded uh, last night, Thomas from Star Wars in Class. Uh, thank you very much, Thomas, for uh, being open to uh, come on the show. We'll hear uh, his interview. Uh, and obviously, uh, like I said, Dominic Pace, actor, adventurer, and Star Wars fan. Uh, we'll uh, listen to his interview a little later on. But I want to thank, again, like I said, all these great people, our great listeners, and uh, the people that follow us on Twitter. Thank you so much for your support. It uh, has been a blast, and we can't wait to uh, tell you guys what we have planned for the next couple of months. Yes, thank you guys all. I really appreciate the uh, the support and the collaboration is great. Uh, when when Roe told me that he had some collaborators, I was like, oh, that's cool. I was thinking there's going to be, you know, two or three people that, that jumped in. And then he sends me this email and there's like nine attachments and they're all audio clips from you guys all talking about your personal uh, personal attachment to Star Wars and what it means to you and how much it inspires you. And it was, it was a really great listen and uh, I loved all the messages. So thank you guys very much. So uh, shall we uh, take a listen in one of these uh, Star Wars Inspires messages? Hit it. Let's see what Jeff from the Blue Milk Cafe podcast has to say about how Star Wars inspires. Hey, Scarif Scuttlebutt Pod. It's Jeff from over here at the Blue Milk Cafe. And recently on Twitter, you had asked the question, has Star Wars influenced your life? I like to think Star Wars has 
made me want to be a better person and continue to try to be a better person in my everyday life. Because for me, Star Wars has always been about hope, has always been about the story of good versus evil, and of course the hero's journey. And taking a look at all those things, I like to think that, yes, Star Wars has made me want to be a better person. And I try to be a better person every single day. Look at Luke Skywalker. He started out as a farm boy. You could you could say a naive farm boy. And he made his journey through the three movies and became a better person by the end. I like to think I'm trying to do the same thing. And yes, for me, yes, Star Wars does influence me in my everyday life. Can't wait to hear your podcast and can't wait to hear what other listeners have to say. And until we talk again, may the force be with you. All right. Well, thank you, Jeff, from the Blue Milk Cafe. We appreciate your collaboration. And I really personally appreciated your uh, your message of the original trilogy and Star Wars itself uh, having a great message of hope uh, that good versus evil, you know, that that moral compass you were talking about. And to always make sure that you were being a better person. Uh, we're so happy that Star Wars inspires you that way. And Thank you very much uh, for letting us know and sharing it with everybody. Yeah, definitely. Jeff uh, is a good guy. He um, um, a while back he had ab- he had posted that uh, his uh, microphone broke, and we had a, a, a internet microphone laying around. So I shipped it uh, to him with a, a strategically placed Scarif podcast sticker on it. <laughs> That's fantastic, <laughs> Jeff. Remember that? Yes, perfect, perfect. That is fantastic. Thank you very much. So, yeah, uh, you know, we always support brand new projects and brand new uh, podcasts here. Uh, uh, You know, you guys, uh, Brad uh, coined that. uh, I don't know if he coined it, but obviously we're using uh, hashtag Potter and Family. And uh, we love to collaborate with other podcasts and other members of our Star Wars community. And uh, with that being said, we've got uh, Michelle, who started a Star Wars podcast. And you guys should uh, definitely take a listen and, and, and check her out. It's called Fulcrum's Broadcast. Michelle sent a uh, wonderful clip about uh, Star Wars inspiration. Um, and the only thing that I have to say about uh, the first episode, episode Michelle, um, it's uh, Gamorrean Guard. But uh, we still love you. And uh, <laughs> let's take a listen to uh, what Michelle has to say. Fulcrum's Broadcast and how Star Wars inspires. Michelle, host of the new Star Wars podcast, Fulcrum's Broadcast. I am so inspired by Star Wars. I could go on and on about how much the characters and the stories mean to me. 
I know that for myself and for so many other people, Star Wars has been in our lives during the best and the worst times, and I like to think that Star Wars has made me a better person, or at least I hope so, and I, I hope that the stories have, you know, helped me get to where I am today and on the path that I'm going. I'm constantly inspired by Ahsoka's perseverance, Rey's hope, Obi-Wan's patience, Yoda's wisdom. All these characters have taught me so much about life. And Star Wars itself is about life and family and friends and love and hope and redemption. All these things. I'm just so happy and grateful to have these stories in my life and... Not only that, to share to share my joy and my passion for Star Wars with other people. It's the best thing in the world. Thank you very much, Michelle. We really appreciate your collaboration. And I loved the idea that you were talking about life and family and friends and redemption from Star Wars. Those are the fantastic elements and themes in the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. So uh, thank you very much for that collaboration and for uh, sending us your clip. We appreciate it. And you guys can follow her. That- oh, sorry. You guys can follow her at the Falcon Broadcast. Uh, that's a brand new podcast. You can, you can go and support her and uh, check out what she has to say. It's great. You know, as uh, as we grow older, us older fans, we start to uh, find that a lot of uh, people's first foray into Star Wars may not be the original trilogy. And it's just fantastic that uh, decades later, people are still finding Star Wars and still finding inspiration in that franchise that we all know and love. So thank you very much again, Michelle. <laughs> All right, we got another episode of Star Wars Daily Weekend Edition from Channel Star Wars. If you guys don't follow Channel Star Wars, go check them out on Twitter. They've got Star Wars news, and we got Channel Star Wars, so that means we got Star Wars news. So let's take a listen. Greetings to all the Sedients on Tatooine. This is Star Wars Daily Weekend Edition, coming to you live from Chalman's Spaceport Cantina in Moss Eisley. Brought to you this week by Damal's Gonk Emporium, located at Docking Bay 13, the Silogics Party Supply and Surplus, and ChannelStarWars.com. Star Wars news for Star Wars fans by Star Wars fans. More excited than a bantha at lunchtime, I'm your host, Jason Gaylord. Um, nom, 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 oh, nom, 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 nom. This week, Rebelscum.com reported that the New Zealand Mint is releasing a new line of officially licensed Star Wars helmet-shaped coins. And first up for release, the Dark Lord himself, Darth Vader. Let me tell you, this piece looks pretty sweet. The Mint uses a 3D guise for these fellows that makes the coins look absolutely amazing. Each one comes with a certificate of authenticity and on the flip side features coinage for 5 Whoopi Oopi and good old QE2 herself, Queen Elizabeth. 
You'll want to act fast as these doubloons are limited to 5,000 earth wide and will set you back 199 US whoopee oopies. Ching, ching. Next up, Marvel, who still owes me some swag or a sponsorship for writing about them almost every week, has announced the end of a long running Star Wars series with issue number 75. <gasps> Fret not, my fets. Marvel is still writing Star Wars stories. We have Galaxy's Edge, the Age of Resistance series still in play, Dr. Aphra number 35 just came out this week, The Rise of Skywalker is coming out in December, plus all the future works such as The Mandalorian, The Game of Thrones Bros trilogy, and whatever Ryan Johnson is getting into. I can't see Marvel just saying, well that was fun. In my opinion, which you didn't ask for, Marvel has been writing about Luke, Han, Vader, Jabba, you know, all the original crew for almost 40 years now. They're just closing the chapter and getting ready for the next generation of Star Warsing. Besides, would Marvel honestly just throw away one of their best selling titles? Nah, come on now. And lastly, this week is Disney's D23 Expo. And on the first day, the mouse gave us more footage from The Rise of Skywalker. Confirmation of the Kenobi series, and my personal favorite, the trailer for the Mandalorian series. How do you top that? Impressive. Most impressive. That's all the time we have this week. Make sure to follow us on all your favorite social media platforms. For ChannelStarWars.com, I'm Jason Gaylord reminding you... And now, back to the Scare Scuttlebutt. Alright guys, and next we're going to tackle the main theme of this episode, and possibly the next episode, part two, is Star Wars Inspires, and we had a great collaboration with a ton of other podcasts and Star Wars fans that dropped in their audio files and let us know exactly how much Star Wars means to them, and we had some really fantastic words uh, from, from some great fans, and uh, we're going to start out, we're going to listen to these guys, uh, and we're going to enjoy what they had to say and then we'll move on to the next topic hi everyone this is sean of the last podcast a fellow star wars podcast and star wars inspires me because i've been the quote unquote authority of star wars in my family and i've watched it since the VHSs of the original trilogy to seeing it in theaters as a 10-year-old to getting all the Disney hype when uh, Force Awakens was coming out in 2015. And ever since then, I've been really inspired to read all the new canon books. I didn't really delve too much into the expanded universe. I thought it was very confusing, but I was also very younger back then. And I was just super excited to have new content coming in all different mediums and being a little older, I was able to understand more of the themes of the comics, films, and books. So Star Wars inspires me to do better. It inspires me to have conversations with people, uh, to talk about the light and the dark and how it affects us, and to start an awesome podcast, which I never thought I would do and have any time to do being a full-time teacher. So thanks for doing this, everyone. Star Wars is inspiring, Star Wars is good, and be the positive change you want to be. This is Sean of The Last Podcast.
Hi, um, yeah, my name is Paul Meadows. Um, I edit television documentaries um, for the BBC, Channel 4, Discovery, National Geographic, etc. Uh, Star Wars is what got me interested in film and TV in the first place, and, and ultimately storytelling. Uh, I saw Star Wars back in August 78 and absolutely loved it. It, it fired my imagination as a, uh, as a five-year-old. And uh, I collected a lot of the action figures, uh, as many as I could, um, and not just to play with them, but you know to create proper stories, stories in my bedroom, stories that would not contradict the films or even the uh, the Star Wars Marvel comics that I collected back then. Um, so you know, I was obviously aware of canon, even as a you know a young kid. Um, they were pretty naff adventures, probably. Um, and as my parents could never afford to buy me a Millennium Falcon, uh, the heroes had to fly around in, in something else. Uh, you know, something I pretended that they could, uh, they could fly around in. And, uh, I was, uh, assuming that the Falcon was, was being repaired somewhere. Anyway, um, as a kid doing this, it, provided me with the groundwork of storytelling which is vital in you know doing what I do for a living I think the universe that George Lucas has created is fantastic it's so vast that it gives all of us a, a chance to play in the sandbox I've written in note form my own prequel to episode 7 you know how Ben fell to the dark side who Snoke was etc and even who Ray is as well um, so, you know, I think uh, even as an, you know, an adult in my mid-40s, it, it still does fire your imagination. I'm looking forward to many more adventures in the galaxy far, far away, told by different storytellers. It's big enough. I think the stories that can be told are inexhaustible. And very much looking forward to episode 9, The Mandalorian, The Cassian Adventures, and whatever else comes our way. Hey, Scuttle Butters, I... Scuttle Butters. <laughs> scuttle Buddies. <laughs> All right, Scuttle Buddies, we've got a special surprise for you. You know, a lot of you guys have collaborated with us and have sent us some great audio clips, but we wanted to make it easier for you, and uh, we did something special just for you. And uh, what what is that, Alex? We have a brand new phone number for you guys to call in and leave a message that you can say whatever is on your mind, if there's a topic that you want us to talk about, or if you just have some general thoughts about Star Wars and our podcast, you can feel free to call this number, leave that message, and we'll be able to hear it, and, uh, and maybe you get a chance to be on the podcast. That is fantastic. We're sending a squad up. Uh, uh, negative, negative. We have a, a reactor leak here uh, now. Give us a few minutes to lock it down. Uh, largely very dangerous. Who is this? What's your operating number? Uh, Everything's fine here. Thank you, Han. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Everything's fine. Nothing to see. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Han. So yeah, the the our uh, Scuttlebutt podcast number, you can give us a call at 773 is the area code 234-8659. Again, 773-234-8659. Call it once, call it twice. Hello? 
give us a call and leave your message. You might hear yourself on our next podcast. Isn't that right, Alex? That is fantastic. That's even more exciting. There's so many exciting things happening with this podcast. It's unbearable. I'm in pain. It's so unbearable. (laughs) It's unbearable. I can't take it. Goodness gracious me. That's a bad word to use. (laughs) Should I use a different? (laughs) It's unbearable. What the hell was I thinking? Listen to them. They're dying, R2. Curse my metal body. I wasn't fast enough. It's all my fault. There, it's Josh and Andy from the... When you were driving home from a little decompressed time and the... Find some Star Wars information. What inspires me about Star Wars is how it always gives the message of hope. I have suffered with depression through most of my adult life. And the message of Star Wars is no matter how dark things are, There's always a light, a spark that can ignite and light up your whole life and give you that sense of belonging and hope. So whenever I'm feeling depressed, I just think about the message of Star Wars and it makes me feel better. And that's how it inspires me. Hello, Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. This is Todd Hoffman from WSTR Galactic Public Access, another fellow Star Wars uh, podcast. Uh, The question was, how does Star Wars inspire me? A lot of different ways, but really it's kind of twofold. It's just the movies themselves, which, you know on a surface level is just a bunch of blaster starships and droids and other creatures and Jedi and all that stuff kind of running around. Um, but it's just the movies, the visuals, everything, uh, definitely gets the imagination turning. Um, I think really the other thing that for me really inspires me is kind of the mythos behind it. Um, and just that kind of campfire mentality where on the surface there's, you know, it's just a movie, but then there's all those other things that just really drive the imagination and the discussion about, you know, what is Star Wars and what is the Force and all these kind of deep questions that kind of arise from um, Star Wars. And you really don't see that from, I would say, any other movie franchise, which is truly one of the best things about star wars is just there's so much beyond just the movies that i think really drive me and inspire me to do uh you know things in my life to to continue to push and and push forward um and i i would say honestly the third thing is really the the making of star wars is really something that just is um you know George had a dream and it took a lot of people behind him to make that happen and everybody pushed to do their best and that really inspires me too as as far as like the community and how we together can change things and I think that's very inspiring about the Star Wars community and I really enjoy that part of it 
And uh, I think that's why I enjoy podcasting so much is that, you know, we have our certain flavors um, and certain takes on things. um, And that's what makes podcasting fun and and talking about that, but also just developing that community and, and, you know, helping each other out and just being there for each other and supporting each other, I think is like really inspiring. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I could go on, but I think Star Wars is just that it's, it's a base point, but then there's so much more to it. And I think for me personally, it's just trying to constantly improve and be fearless and just help each other out, I think is some of the many things that I feel Star Wars brings to the table and how it inspires me. Well, thanks again and uh, deploy the garrison. Hey, everybody. Listen, we had a fantastic uh, contest set up that Roe kind of spearheaded on Twitter. Uh, He wanted you guys to post a picture of you at a Star Wars event and tell us why you love that event or what that picture meant to you and how Star Wars inspired you uh, in that environment. So, uh, and apparently we have a winner. Roe, when you want to tell us who that is? Sure, that is uh, correct. You know, obviously, Star Wars inspires me for many years. It had inspired me and... uh, it inspired uh, Brad and I to create this podcast back in April of 2017, dur- right after Star Wars Celebration here in Chicago. And uh, yeah, we asked you guys to post uh, a picture of a favorite Star Wars event, whether it was a celebration or a con or, you know, whatever, uh, and hashtag uh, or tag us and, and use the uh, Star Wars Inspires hashtag. And uh, thank you very much for those of you who did it. Uh, we do have a winner here and uh, posted a really nice picture of uh, a massive Star Wars Lego display. And this uh, was from Star Wars Celebration in Orlando in 2017 uh, from Angela Magner. Uh, she goes by Fire Chicken Double uh, Zero. Uh, Fire Chicken Double Zero. Angela, thank you very much for providing this really cool picture. And uh, she says that, uh, you know, the Lego setups always fascinated her because they were so well done. And you can see and appreciate how hard uh, people worked to set them up. So uh, just another way that Star Wars inspires. Thank you again, Angela. Angela, you are getting that mystery mini bobblehead. Uh, Looks like it might be like a Han Solo uh, edition because there's all these Han Solo characters I don't know exactly what's in the box, but uh, Angela, you're going to find out soon. Guys, I know many of you are starting school. It's back to school time, so don't miss this opportunity to get your Scarif University t-shirts, or how about a Deploy the Garrison t-shirt? We've also got Scarif Podcast, That's the Scuttlebutt t-shirt, and uh, my personal favorite, Straight out of Scarif. We've got plenty of t-shirts on our Public store and a lot of fun designs, so hopefully if you uh, love uh, our content and want to give us a, a little help there on Public. 
a lot of great t-shirts. Um, you were able to uh, obtain one of these uh, Deploy the Garrison t-shirts, Alex, weren't you? Uh, yes, yes, you've sent me that fantastic gift. Thank you so much. I don't think I ever got a chance to thank you actually, like, in person. Um, but thank you so much. That was a fantastic shirt. I love the design. Uh, you have a you have a skill, my friend. You really do. Um, and uh, it's my color blue, which I don't know how you knew that. That's awesome. And also, my ultimate favorite Star Wars spaceship is the B wing. You sent me this awesome uh, little model of a B wing that actually has full motion of its wings, and uh, the cockpit also spins in the right direction. It's it's one of the coolest things. It's sitting on my nightstand right on top of my favorite book, Jurassic Park. Excellent. My pleasure. So, yeah, guys, uh, check out our T-shirts, and uh, we've got T-shirts on there. We've got uh, hoodies. Uh, we've got baby onesies. If uh, anybody's got a little baby and they want a made-for-the-first-order onesie, the, uh, that's on there. May the force be with you. All sorts of designs. And uh, just having fun, uh, you know, spreading the word. And, uh, you know, if you guys want to represent the podcast, we'd be honored to have you wear our T-shirts. We have some really exciting news, Scuttle Buddies. Uh, we've recently had an actor who uh, is a fan of the podcast and a huge Star Wars fan, and we got a, a great opportunity to uh, interview him about his passion for Star Wars and for uh, nerd culture that we all love. And that person is Dominic Pace. He is uh, a great guy, really nice, down to earth. Uh, he has a couple of videos on YouTube. Um, he's pretty new to Twitter, but you can find him at Dominic P. Pace. He is a TV actor with over 100 IMDb credits and a reoccurring on NBC Superstore and Jimmy Kimmel Live. And he also is most recently guest starring on NCIS LA. Take it away, Ro. Hey, Scuttle Buddies, and welcome to another fun-filled episode of the Scarif Podcast. I am Ro coming to you live from the Windy City, Chicago, and the Scarif Podcast Media Center. I am so glad you found the podcast because this is a special one. You'll want to hear this one. We asked you all how Star Wars inspires you on Twitter. We either uh, either uh, personally or professionally, and we got some great feedback from you guys. So as you know, I've said on countless occasions that uh, Star Wars for me is like a lifeline. I mentioned in previous episodes, like uh, our crossover one with Andrew and Marisha, uh, how it affected me. Um, I think that that was the Princess Leia episode. Everybody knows how it affects me, uh, how Star Wars is in my uh, blood. And you'll get to hear a little bit more of a detailed account on another podcast with Brad at the Friends of the Force podcast. And that will be coming out soon. 
I digress because tonight we've got an incredible conversation planned with a very special guest on the podcast. He's been on several movie and TV projects, and I'm super stoked and excited to be talking to him tonight about his love of Star Wars and how he's been inspired by our favorite franchise in a galaxy far, far away. Please welcome Dominic Pace. Dominic, how the hell are you? I'm doing great. Hello from Hollywood. Uh, Thank you so much for having me, and hello to all your listeners. Thank you so much. Awesome, Dominic. So uh, tell me a little bit, uh, you know, we're talking about how Star Wars and uh, the film franchise has inspired people. We've got a lot of stories that uh, say that, you know, I saw Star Wars as a young kid and now I'm a director or I'm an actor. Tell us a little bit about how Star Wars grabbed you and uh, why you feel so deeply uh, emotional about the franchise. Uh, I I think we can uh, draw back to Empire Strikes Back. Uh, I was six years old when I watched that in a movie theater. And not only to me personally is it my favorite, but also at the same time, when you see that in a packed theater at six years old, uh, the enormity of not only the music of John Williams to, I I vividly recall the back of Vader's head uh, for the first time, you know, watching him. I was too young to watch uh, the original in the theaters, but Empire was even more powerful uh, to me regardless. Uh, ultimately, the mythology at that time, uh, I grew up in a broken home. My parents divorced when I was very young, uh, and I just recently read an article in regards to how Darth Vader inspired George Lucas as far as that struggle between the father and the son. Um, the mythology, and also I think what Mark Hamill mentioned a couple of years ago, where it has always been about family, uh, has really been the base and the cornerstone for me. Sci-fi movies in general I enjoy, but I don't go out of my way to see them. It's not about all the pew, 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 and as cool as the costume designers have designed all of these beloved characters that we have adored ever since we were children, it is absolutely amazing, not to mention John Williams. For me, it really goes back to that substance of family and the direct and writers who have done that through the series have won uh, over my heart and the ones who haven't uh, haven't been as successful because again it really isn't about the visual uh, we can see that in in countless 200 million dollar films but it's really about the relationships the brothers the sisters the cousins or whatever the parents uh, and most importantly for me the father and the son uh, which was so powerful and then also you know we start talking about good and evil uh, all of the parallels to that in life in terms of trying to do the right thing in life but at the same time life beating us down left and right to where we sympathize with the, the Sith in many ways in terms of Kylo and Vader on how that's the favorite character of so many people. It's not that they're evil, uh, but we see their good heart inside, but we also see how the world has damaged them in so many ways. Uh, and, and what a beautiful poetic way that George Lucas has told us to us throughout the years. That is so true. And, you know, I've been listening to Uh, another podcast called The Soundtrack Show, and they uh, broke down uh, the music of The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, But yes, the story, um, uh, everything that comes together to build that story and uh, the music, uh, George Lucas's interest in uh, anthropology and human studies and obviously Joseph Campbell and all, all of those subtle storytelling methods that have been part of humanity's uh, DNA for a really long time. You know, there's something about Star Wars that, uh, that you know, he was able to capture. And, uh, you know, based on how many people love the franchise over the, you know, throughout the world, 
It's uh it's a fantastic thing. So Empire Strikes Back was your first taste, huh? Uh yeah. I mean, I remember my mother, I mean, she was getting me the figures. I remember actually my first uh, toy was the Cantina set, and I remember Greedo and Walrus uh, was Walrus Man and Hammerhead and all that. So it was also the interest and the fascination with the figures and the colors, especially at that age. I remember also having remember we used to have that alphabet board in 1979 and 80s. I remember the first word that I spelled out was Jawa. So that was sort of an appetizer. <laughs> But again, just in terms of the movie experience, the magic, uh, I vividly remember there when I was six years old. I'm 43 now um, to where, again, that had the most resonance. And even to this day, it has that magic. Pre-episode one, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a, a fan and a collector. I remember I was waiting online at Toys R Us at 12 midnight, just like everybody else, to relive the nostalgia and the magic. Um, my hat goes off to people that could watch it as a grown-up and still have that same powerful uh, effect that we had as children. But to hit the child's heart in such a way that not only Lucas has done, but also Spielberg and Richard Donner and Joe Dante and so many amazing directors uh, during that time, Robert Zemeckis. Um, but to, to hit your heart when you're a child, I think really resonates so much the fact that now, uh, so many years later, we're still talking about how magical this franchise is. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I, I was reading an article earlier about how George Lucas created this franchise, obviously coming uh, out of a uh, tumultuous political time with Vietnam. You had uh, Watergate. So there was a lot of stuff uh, in the real world that uh, was just kind of, uh, you know, uh, weighing down uh, and uh, not very inspiring to young people. George Lucas uh you know, wanted to create another fairy tale to uh, teach, you know, up and coming kids, uh, you know, good and evil, uh, the f- forces of 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 inspiration, uh, you know, versus the forces of uh, of, of evil. And it's uh, such a great uh, it's a great lesson. It's a great lesson to be learned. Star Wars has a lot of uh, messages in there. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, if, if you get past the sci-fi and the lasers and, and all that stuff, it really has some really great uh, themes that are embedded in, in the story. Yeah, and I, I really, you know, episode seven going to J.J., I, I really think uh, it's in good episode nine. I, I confidently, uh, I, I believe with confidence that uh, that it's in good, very good hands because I think he knows that. I think he understands that. I also think, you know, in some of the spinoffs there, John Favreau and David Filoni, uh, with the exception of the animation uh, uh, projects there, the Clone Wars and, and Rebels, uh, I think they understand that moving forward also with The Mandalorian as well. Um, so I think we're in for a good treat. I think Rogue One did an amazing job with that as well. Um, to again, where, you know, you make it about relationships and the, and the energy of that combined with just a beautiful backdrop of just such amazing arc direction. I think, uh, so ahead of its time, not only in the seventies, but also today. Definitely. You know, the, speaking of the Empire Strikes Back, it's one of those films that I can watch over and over and over again. I think it is close for me anyways, it's close to a near perfect film as it can be. And, uh, I, I love the feeling that that I get from watching it, it's uh, it's serious. It's uh, you know, there's uh, no holds barred in the emotional uh, weight that the actors, uh, you know, take on with this story. So it's fantastic. So getting back to uh, getting back to your collection, uh, let me ask you. Uh, so you start. When did you realize that you were a Star Wars collector? When did you start? What was your first piece? Oh, boy. You know, well, like I said, when I was a kid, I had probably the original, you know, 72, 73 figures there, more or less. 
um, you know, it meant a lot to me. And again, I don't mean to go back to uh, childhood in terms of anything that's uh, sad, but we didn't have much money. Um, so what made it resonate even more, I remember talking to a kid that was very wealthy when I was a kid. Um, he would, I remember he was telling his mother that before they ended up marrying into this wealthy family, how important this pair of sneakers was for him. Uh, because basically they didn't have the money, so he was able to really cherish and appreciate what his mother did for him. Uh, it was the same situation for me where my mother, you know, being from a single uh, home, a single family home, uh, she didn't have much. So when she would re reward me perhaps for doing great in school or for Christmas or for a birthday, um, that really was magical for me, just as magical as the experience of going to the theater and, and seeing it. There were also, we were not over uh, overwhelmed with all of the entertainment options that kids have today with YouTube and with different streams. I mean, this really was, I mean, spoke to children in, in the most direct way to where there were very little distractions. Um, so it had that magic and it had that weight for me. I started when I was a kid. I had the, uh, the ships and such. And then I really, you know, took sort of a hiatus after Return of the Jedi. It wasn't until 1998, 99, to where that excitement started beaming up. And I made some pretty big investments because uh, trying to relive childhood was sort of a, a fun experience. The wife would tell you different because when you bring home a $1,000 uh, life-size uh, Han Solo in a carbonite, you're certainly going to get a talking to. Um, <laughs> but I got into the, the Han Solo and carbonite. I went, I forget what the name of that major company is where they made um, 10,000 lightsabers, the, you know, uh, the, the exact replica that Luke had. Uh, so I got one of those. I forget. It's a very famous company and forgive me for forgetting the name um, but I, yeah what was the name uh, i think the the original ones were, were icons that company is no longer in business that's true that's it that was icons and they, they and you know going to the sharper image i was just fascinated uh sometimes seeing their brand and i i said i had to get that um when the kids were born in 2005 uh to 2010 2011 we started getting into the hobby of the Lego ships. And what I would do is I would place a Lego ship each year up in their ceiling. We would pin it, but we'd build it together. And it was such an amazing bonding time that we had when they were kids. And again, you know, the wife's always got to crack the whip a little bit. Once we started getting past about seven to eight ships, she started saying, okay, do we really need the Y-Wing? And of course, you know, every Star Wars collector, you say, of course we need the Y-Wing. Y-Wing's got to be there. Uh, exactly. So uh, we're at that point now to where we're sort of getting a little overwhelmed in their ceiling as far as with uh, too many many uh, Star Wars toys, but uh, it's been throughout, it's been scattered throughout, and again, it's just, uh, again, I think it all goes back to childhood. It goes back to memories. I think Frank Whaley had that great line uh, with Kevin Spacey in that movie that they did together where he held him hostage, um, where he just talked about the magic of movies, that really, it's not about the movie itself, it's about the memories. And I think that's why you see so many 30-plus, 40-plus, 50-plus, mostly men, but women as well, uh, that are so... Uh, uh, fascinated and passionate about collecting because it really goes back to those innocent childhood memories. And for some of us, maybe we lost our father, maybe we lost our grandparents, uh, but it brings back those memories that are so magical to us when we're kids. And I think that's why we still collect and why it's uh, so special. Yes, that is so true. That is very true. Uh, so I, I have a quick story that uh, relates to your lightsaber story there. And uh, so uh, we just uh, finished talking about the, uh, the I guess, the joys for us, but the not-so-much joys for our spouses. Uh, you were talking about uh, coming home with a $1,000 uh, Han Solo Frozen and Carbonite. I have a very similar story 
I uh, with a buddy of mine, we went to the Smithsonian, and I don't remember if you, if you remember when the Smithsonian had the um, the Star Wars exhibit. Yeah, so we went to Washington D.C. Uh, we went in, and uh, I was amazed at all the costumes and the props that were displayed, and and all the the drawings behind the scenes. And obviously, at any uh, exhibition like that, uh, where does it empty out when you're done? Obviously, the gift store. So Mm -hmm. uh, we get in there. My buddy and I, we kind of like separate. We're looking at everything. And uh, before I know it, I walk up to him. I have a small white box. And uh, I'm kind of freaking out uh, because I did have to come home with the box. But I I told Jim, I said, hey, I just spent $1,000 on a lightsaber. And uh, definitely, yeah, it was uh, the icons, uh, Darth Vader, James Earl Jones. Yeah, yeah, don't get too excited. I uh, I didn't take care of that little plaque that, that had the autograph, and uh, it has since faded. Yeah, and, and forgive me, I mean, I don't know, I mean, I remember a few names here and there in terms of uh, some of the crew, but I mean, it really is a tribute as well to the art direction, you know, those who d- d- directed... Um, you know, uh, or, or were helm, at the helm. I mean, I know George Lucas had final say, but just to create these really interesting characters and these very cool looks. Definitely. I remember, you know, you, I mean, especially, you know, one of my favorites there was Boba Fett, you know, and it's like, you know, with a rocket launcher and just looking at them, I mean, you know, for hours, again, where we're just television, I mean, it was only so entertaining. What did we watch? You know, Mr. Rogers and maybe Sesame Street here and there, but it really was, you know, the intricacy of these figures that that really just piqued our interest and and uh, fueled the imagination. You know, I guess would be the perfect saying for it. Um, which again led uh, so many different artists to uh, so many venues, not only in this town but also in everybody else's uh, creative paths. I mean, he was so ahead of his time. You've got uh, Ralph McQuarrie. You've got uh, Ben Burt uh, designing audio. I mean, all those guys, um, all those uh, legacy uh, creators uh, from behind the scenes. You know that th- those are the people that kind of inspired me to become, you know, a, a camera person, director, of photography, editor, graphics person, and that's uh, that's what I do uh, professionally. Tell me a little bit about your trajectory as far as uh, acting and how kind of Star Wars uh, had a role in 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 your creativity and your creative uh, aspects. Sure. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, it really, we go back to that do or do not, you know, there is no try. And uh, I made a commitment to my mother. I went to college for one year at Marist College in 1994, and I started auditioning down in the city. I'm from New York, uh, a little town called Ossining, New York, about 40 minutes north of the city. Um, But it was those bits of inspiration, again, specifically from Empire and specifically with John Williams. A lot of times, some of our teachers uh, in order to motivate us, we would use music. I was with Tim Robbins in 2004. He was big on Nino Rota, the old-style Italian Fellini songs. Nino Rota uh, was a big composer. And when we would do these emotional exercises for long periods of time, 15 to 20 minutes, being in certain emotional states, you can sort of parallel that for me. To, you know, you have to find something that you're connected to. But th- what I was connected to was John Williams. And it was the power of that. I mean, how do you not get goosebumps when you when you hear binary sunset Definitely. or the end, uh, you know, the end suite of Empire Strikes Back? All of that is so motivational for an actor to where you need to get to a certain place emotionally that doesn't exist in the real world. 
Um, so I would attribute a lot of uh, my inspiration to John Williams and then also the mythological teachings of Yoda. And, and also, I'm sure, you know, if, if you do the studies and inspiration of Lucas, I'm sure that branched out from uh, many Eastern types of uh, meditation and, and uh, religions. Um, but in terms of just believing in yourself and being calm and, uh, you know, all the teachings of the Force, I think we use in day-to-day -day life and certainly as an actor in terms of being centered, uh, it is so important in order to find your craft as far as being relaxed and being centered. And we can always improve upon it. I, there was a great book called Zen and the Art of Archery. And it was this great book just in terms of uh, uh, basically, you know, a parallel um, uh, explanation of the force in terms of being relaxed and being calm and also repetition, uh, which is very, very important for the craft of acting. So I think in those ways, that is where it uh, resonated. And the ultimate goal, I think, that so many actors have had was to one day be in that universe, you know, to be a part of it, whether it's Marvel or, you know, or Superman. If you Google Dominic Pace Lex Luthor uh, about, uh, boy, about 10 years ago, uh, I started getting a little bit of a momentum uh, there in regards to possibly uh, getting pitched as Lex Luthor before Kevin Spacey took over, as well as they decided for, I think, one of the other, uh, I think the original Cavill one, there was not Luthor in part one uh, before they went with Eisenberg. But, uh, you know, just the, the, the love of every kid, you know, when you're a kid, you know, not only Marvel, but also Lucasfilm, uh, a lot of people, uh, directors or actors wanting to get into this business. I mean, how, you know, how, how beautiful is it or how beautiful would it be to hopefully one day get that opportunity? And, and that's what I always uh, strive for throughout my career. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things, you know, we, we, we hear about uh, a lot of people being inspired by Star Wars doing uh, some extraordinary things with uh, career but, uh, you know, Star Wars also inspires people to do extraordinary things behind the scenes. Uh, you've got groups like the 501st, you know, bad guys doing good. Um, uh, you, you also are involved in, in a lot of uh, charity work and social work. I saw that uh, uh, you just donated something to help uh, a woman's shelter. Tell, you, tell me a, a little bit about that. Absolutely. There's a great uh, company called Pristine Auction, and uh, they've got a lot of pop culture autographs. Uh, you can bid low for them sometimes or sometimes just, you know, a fair price. And what I like to do is I like to try and bid on as many items as possible, even ones that I don't want for my collection to where I'm able to give uh, back uh, to the community. You know, we have so many uh, different uh, differences of opinions in terms of politics right now, and I, I hate to uh, get involved with it. As a matter of fact, I got off Facebook for so long because for me it's all about entertaining and wanting to make people happy. Um, but the one important thing that we can all bond on is helping others and helping each other. You know, we can talk about the borders, we can talk about homelessness, but what good is it if we're not uh, helping them ourselves? So I try to make a point to get down. I'm involved with a company uh, called the uh, L.A. Mission and then also um, the Women's Downtown Center of Los Angeles, where you can drop off clothes at any given time. So what I did was I took a handful of autographs uh, ranging from everything from Guardians of the Galaxy to a uh, signed uh, shirt uh, or jersey of Mike Singletary from the 85 Bears. Um, and I donated uh, about uh, seven to ten items, I believe, uh, about a year ago there and uh, got involved with them. And I still, to this day, continue to, uh, to try to contribute. Uh, the 500 First does amazing things. I had an autograph, Daisy Ridley, a uh, lightsaber, a toy lightsaber, nice. and uh, we were just able to uh, um, uh, lend uh, $900 uh, to their cause at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. I was so happy to drive down there and to connect with the 500 First, and hopefully that was the first of many uh, charities I'll be involved with uh, with them. That's fantastic. Uh, like I said, Star Wars inspires you know both uh, professionally and personally, and uh, it's, it's such a great 
uh, feeling. It's such such a great way to to give back, to be able to share, you know, not only our love for Star Wars, but our love for our you know fellow uh, human beings. in, in that way, it's uh, I I commend you and I congratulate you. That's fantastic. Oh, thank you. You know, at the end of the day, it really is. Uh, you know, we're only here for a short amount of time, and. You know, a, a lot of times, especially with the social media now, and especially in this business, as far as being an actor, everyone's chasing for the next thing. But you have to just stop for a minute and just appreciate what you have, be grateful for it, and to try to help others the best that you can. But it's, it's you know, it's a fantastic community. You know, we are the same underneath, and it's great uh, that you have used Star Wars as an inspiration, both uh, personally and professionally. Yeah, thank you. No, and like I said, how grateful we are that we have arts. And one of the things, you know, I mean, I understand that, and even George Lucas, you know, fueled politics into entertainment, and so did everybody, you know, more or less in the 80s. But there's something that I think we're missing now, and, and that's where my eyes really perk up in terms of when I enjoy a film. But it's just going back to entertaining and inspiring people in the most positive way. I know Tom Hanks has a movie coming out uh, later this year around Thanksgiving, you know, where he does a story about Roy Rogers. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, forgive me, uh, Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it's just so, you know, it's just so refreshing to see because at the end of the day, you know, it just would be so beautiful to to see this town bring everyone together through, you know, entertainment. I have got, I've got a B movie going to be uh, starring on a sci-fi uh, on the sci-fi channel next week. And, and ultimately, you know, it's just all about making people happy uh, and, and and letting people get away from all their issues uh, in the real world and letting them escape for a little bit and, and how grateful we are to those directors, especially Lucas, for allowing us to do that for a little bit. So, Dominic, tell me, uh, who is your favorite Star Wars character and why? Uh, I mean, I think we have to go back to Boba Fett. I mean, you know, it was just a limited screen time, but obviously the magic and the interesting uh, aspect of not only his costume, but also, you know, uh, the first time you saw him on screen, not to mention the action figure itself. I mean, of course, you know, we love Luke and Vader and, and, and Kenobi, but uh, at the same time, it was just there was something so badass about that mask and the colors, uh, especially that popped out on the action figure uh, that made it so cool. Um I do love uh, Harrison Ford. He is probably my favorite male actor of all time. I mean, the alpha presence is just absolutely amazing, something lacking uh, terribly in Hollywood today. Uh, I don't think anyone has ever matched him. I do love DiCaprio, um, but there was obviously something about Ford and, and Solo. But I, I, you just can't beat uh, the mystery of Boba Fett, you know, even as as far back as when he premiered on the, uh, what was it, the Christmas uh yeah. That bomb of a, a Christmas special, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, it already piqued the interest of the fans, and uh, you know, I just learned just recently that the mask was shaped like a Spartan. I didn't, I didn't, I never saw that until this past year, oh, where yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, but it just it has, you know, he was inspired, of course, by the old um, Spartan masks there. But uh, uh, you just can't beat it, especially with the rocket launcher and all that. I think it was uh, probably one of the coolest uh, for a kid of the '80s there. Dominic, it's fantastic. It's it's been fantastic talking to you about uh, Star Wars and how it has inspired you. I thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. I know our listeners uh, are going to uh, really, really enjoy this conversation. Dominic, thank you so much. So, uh, what um, what are your dream projects, or what are what uh, we'd love to have you back uh, on another episode? This has been really, really fun. Um, what are you uh, working on lately? Uh, well, I, I starred in uh, one of my first feature films. It's called Anonymous Killers. Uh, it's a great uh, a social uh, issue, um, uh, a sociological thriller. Uh, and that is going to be shopped around an American film market 
in a few months. Uh, the other thing, uh, and again, for your fans, and not much I can really say about it, but obviously a dream come true um, to be in uh, the upcoming Mandalorian. And I can't really say anything about it, but uh, obviously uh, every child's uh, dream <laughs> for I think every Star Wars fan is to be a part of that series. Um, I can't tell you how excited I am. And I really uh, greatly look forward to talking to your fans and, and being back on the show after November 15th so we can uh, talk about it and celebrate our love of Star, Star Wars and uh, hopefully talk about all the uh, fun scenes and everything else. And um, obviously, uh, just uh, I'm beyond words uh, at this point. And, and, and like I said, hopefully uh, after November 15th, we can uh, sit down and then talk about it uh, in length of uh, just what a dream this has uh, been in the past year there. That is amazing. Wait a minute. You just said you're in The Mandalorian? That is correct. Uh, oh, yeah. so my again, God. <laughs> yeah, so again, uh, I can't uh, say anything else, but uh, ultimately that's, uh, that is correct. And uh, again, just an uh, absolute dream come true just to be a small, tiny, tiny sliver of the universe. And uh, again, um, uh, we look forward to speaking around Christmas time. It's probably ultimately the best Christmas present I could have uh, ever asked for, not only in real life, uh, but also within my career as well. Wow, that is amazing. Yeah, we will definitely have you on uh, once uh, The Mandalorian and Disney Plus hits the airwaves. We'd love to talk to you about your experience and uh, your uh, your role in, in the project and uh, anything you have to tell us. That would be freaking amazing. Thank you so much. I really look forward to it. And uh, obviously, uh, grateful to all the fans for all their support in the months to, uh, to come and uh, preceding it and uh, afterwards as well. And I hope to do uh, many tours throughout the country to uh, visit many fans and uh, share in our celebration of, again, in my opinion, the greatest franchise that uh, Hollywood uh, has ever had. Thank you so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thank you so much. And uh, hello to all the listeners. And thank you so much for following me. Greatly appreciate it. Hi, I'm Dominic Pace, and that's the Scuttlebutt. Wait, 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 bro, wait. Did he just say he's on The Mandalorian? Yes, he did. We oh talked for quite a while, and uh, he sprung that on me at the last second. Oh my gosh, that's freaking huge news. Did he say anything off the air about the show? Do you have any details? Did he talk to you about it? Well, you know, we're going to have to kind of uh, listen to that aspect of the show. Uh, like I said, in a part two episode, he's uh, willing to come back and talk about his experience on the Mandalorian. So okay. that is, that is huge. I that am is big. I am not missing that interview this time around. I am not going on vacation. I'm going to be in the studio listening in and talking to that guy. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Yes. So uh, part two, we're going to have uh, more star Wars inspires. We're going to uh, ask uh, Dominic Pace to come back and talk about his experience on the set of The Mandalorian. That is right, The Mandalorian. What do you say to that, Alex? Oh, we officially have an insider, Ro. Do you understand that? <laughs> Hashtag mind blown. Woo, I'm excited. Excellent. So, Scuttle Buddies, uh, thank you so much again 
this has been a fantastic topic. It's a topic that is close to my heart, close to both of our hearts. And uh, it, it was definitely apparent that uh, Star Wars definitely inspires a lot of you based on all the feedback and all the contributions we got. Uh, we uh, love you guys. Uh, what do you What do you say, Alex? Thank you guys all so much for your contributions to this episode. We loved hearing from everybody and how Star Wars inspired you. Definitely hit that notification button on Twitter. You can follow us at the Scarif Podcast. You can follow me at iEntanglements. And uh, keep us or keep up to date with what we're going to do because uh, we're going to be talking to Dominic Pace again for sure about the most anticipated Star Wars project coming up in only a couple of months. And we have a huge scoop on that. So stay tuned and uh, subscribe, hit the like button, all that other cool social media stuff. And that's the scuttlebutt. <laughs>